Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm recording my fourth solo episode. I'm very excited about this. Um, If you haven't listened to my previous solo episodes, I encourage you to do so. Um, The first one I actually did almost a year ago, which is kind of wild. It was titled um, A Tribute to the Artist's Anxiety. That was March of 2021. I also can't even believe it's 2022. Like, the fact that March 2021 was almost a year ago is alarming. Um, But anyway, the second one I think was titled um, I'm Trying to Go with the Flow. And the third one, the third one was titled How to Live. Um, So those I would encourage you to listen to if you haven't yet, because I think they just do a good job of kind of explaining my premise here. Um, But if you are just if you already did or if you're just jumping in here that's totally cool too thank you for listening um i thought it was kind of about time to reintroduce myself a little bit and kind of circle back to some of the topics that inspired me to do this in the first place um especially because there's a few things in my life that have changed um which are extremely relevant to the topics that i usually talk about so yeah, um, we're here. We're here. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Happy Friday. It's it's so weird, like getting ready to talk to myself by myself. Um, but I I guess it, I guess you won't be listening to this on a Friday, but it's a Friday that I'm recording it, and I put on some mascara. I'm feeling good. I am still in my sweatpants, but it's okay. I feel ready to go. For anyone who's new here, hi, I'm Fiona. Um, I started this podcast in July of 2020 with my uh, interviewing my dad, basically, um, sort of because I just really wanted to get his story on record and also because I have always been obsessed with like uh, stories that follow non-traditional paths. Like anyone who has kind of followed a non-traditional path in their life, whether it be Um, out of necessity or external circumstances or other desires. I just find it fascinating and I've found those conversations incredibly useful in my own life. I studied acting in college, theater performance, um, and moved to New York to pursue that and was pursuing that, but found myself in a bit of a bind. I just, I don't know, it it wasn't for a lack of love. It was just... um, there was something off and I knew there was something off and I didn't even know how to address it. And then I had to address it anyway because the pandemic happened. So I started exploring other industries that I was interested in. Um, but it was uh, the whole process. Like I talk about it now and it's easy to talk about, but it has been incredibly difficult and has required so much patience on my behalf and just um, a lot of growing pains so I kind of talk about it now like it isn't as potent but it was incredibly stressful and I probably could have like punched a wall but I didn't I still probably could (laughs) so that's kind of the bare bones of what you need to know I just really enjoy talking to folks who um I don't know like have found themselves pursuing something or in circumstances that they never ever expected or people who have pursued something that they anticipated but have been met with other surprises. So yeah, that's kind of the vague bare bones of what you need to know. Um, And thank you for being here. So with that said, I just want to really jump in really quick because um, I 
got a new job and I'm at this point officially a little bit over three weeks in, which is very exciting. I guess kind of like it'll be closer to four weeks when this comes out. But in any case, I can't believe it's even been that long. Time is truly flying. Um, January really flew this year, which was surprising to me. But anyway, as many of you know, this has kind of been a long time coming. So I'm very excited to be at this point now. Um, this whole past, honestly, like I want to say two years, it's probably closer to a year and a half, but, um, for a minute now I have been on this like kind of grand quest for a job that would give me the stability and the security that I was looking for and just make me excited about my work. And, um, I'm happy to say that so far so good. I found that. I'm I'm really excited about it and everyone has been so kind and it's just it's been a great experience so far. But it was kind of crazy getting here and I want to set obviously a good um professional boundary. But so much of what I've talked about on this podcast has been about like getting to this point and so I definitely want to talk about that story because it was very stressful. Um Back in December, I was at a point financially where I had already crunched the numbers. I crunched them probably in November, and I knew that even working the two jobs I was in, um, I would have run out of money by the end of January if something hadn't changed. And that that clock was like ticking for me every day, um, and I was trying to handle it with my one of my old jobs, and um, just it just wasn't really going the way that I expected it to go. Um, and so, and also like while working, I was working six days a week and between the two jobs, I just finding the energy to even apply to other things was very difficult. Um, I know that there are plenty of people that listen to this, which who do not need me telling them that, like, you know how hard it is to apply when you're stretched thin already. So I was going through a little bit of that, um, but something came along um, and I applied to it. And literally a week later, I heard back um, asking for an interview and it was very fast turnaround and they made it clear that it was going to be fast turnaround. But unfortunately, um, I was working both jobs that week even more than I was supposed to. Like I took on extra shifts because it was the week before Christmas and I needed the money and a lot of people were on vacation or were out sick because this is also when Omicron was peaking. So my um, my job at Orange, I was, okay, just for context, I was working one job, which was more in the publishing sphere. And then I was working at Orange Theory at nights um, doing like membership sales associate stuff um and was surrounded by very lovely people and I really they took they took care of me um and just it was a great experience it was a great place to work after as someone who has had so many different random part-time jobs um in my adult life and college life I guess this has been by far my favorite place to work um and I don't know. It it was just, it was, it it happened at a time when I really needed just like a landing pad, like a kind of a, a safe space to, um, to be and to know that I could 
make some money and enjoy the people that I was around. And it was exactly that. It was perfect. So I wanted to preface with that because what happened with this interview was not what I was expecting. And for any of my dear friends at Orange Theory who are listening, this is my confessional. I apologize in advance, but um, it just, you know, life happens sometimes. I was working both jobs that week, like pretty much every day. And this interview came through um, and they wanted me, they asked if I could talk either that day at 5 p.m. or the next day at 5 p.m. And panicked because I was already at work when I got this email. Panicked, I responded that I could do the next day, but I knew that I couldn't get off. One of the girls had already called out sick because, um, you know, like I said, Omicron was spreading and everyone was being extra cautious. She was right to do so. And this is not a job that one person can work. Like you can't have a one person shift. That would be virtually, that would be impossible. Just period. So it was just myself and my coworker that were supposed to work that night. Um, and I couldn't switch it either. Like both of us were already working most of the shifts at night. Um, so I was very scared. (laughs) I was very stressed out. Um, in hindsight, I wish I didn't agree to do it that night. Um, I wish I had asked for a different day, even though it wasn't like presented as an option. Um, but I was feeling so like just, I just was so scared of missing any opportunity. So I accepted the interview for the next day at 5 p.m. And um, I asked my boss at Orange Theory if I could take a call um, around that time in the shower. And she graciously said yes. She knew about my um, situation and had always been supportive of helping me get to wherever I needed to be. So I took this call in the shower. It ended up being a 40-minute Zoom call that I took, or I guess, whatever, Microsoft Teams, it doesn't matter. Um, It ended up being a 40-minute call, video call, that I took in the shower in the basement of Orange Theory. Um, And it did not go well in the beginning. I, my, my computer wanted to update Microsoft Teams. So that took, like, I tried to log onto the call. My computer was like, psych. Um, and updating that took a full seven minutes. So I tried calling in on my phone instead, but then it was like not letting me access the video. And my God, they graciously also waited for me to like for that update to happen. Um, the call did drop once, which was also embarrassing, but technology aside, I was like, okay, (laughs) I think I did all right. Um, definitely wasn't top of my game, but you know, they didn't know that because they didn't know me. So I, I was grateful that they gave me a chance to redeem myself with a second interview. Um, and I ended up doing actually three interviews in total plus, um, a little assignment. And this was, like I said, the week before Christmas. So I thought that I would hear um, I was, I was given the impression that I would hear before everyone went on break. That didn't happen. Um, but I also knew that they wanted the person to start pretty immediately. So I was kind of waiting for that to happen. I, I was very sad around Christmas time just because of stressed out. And, um, I'm sure there are plenty of other people that experience that kind of holiday 
um, job search sadness when you know that no one is checking their email, but you really want the answer to this question. So um, I had to be patient. And then I found out like the week after New Year's Eve, um, I followed up and um, got the good news. So it's crazy. It's just, it's weird to now be on the other side of the thing that I've been trying to achieve for so long. Um, And I can't even begin to explain because I probably haven't fully processed how much of my stress has just like disappeared. I mean, obviously not all of my stress, but just like a lot of underlying anxieties like have quieted. Um, I, my, my habits have gotten better. Um, even like just at night when I like chill out and I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like I really, before in my adult life, I think I had more proclivity for, um, like partying or just wanting to do fun things because I felt like so much of my time had been like taken from me and not in like a dramatic way just in like I was spending a lot of my time doing things that made me sad or miserable so um reclaiming my time was like so huge and often turned into bad habits but uh now I don't know I mean just like the idea of taking like just shutting down making myself a nice dinner doing a nice workout hanging out on the couch like it sounds so boring but it's so it's giving me so much more energy and so much more like I just feel lighter um and so I'm very grateful for that all this to say I'm now working in publicity and marketing for a publishing company and it's so funny because I know I talk about my grandma here a lot she has been well I guess maybe not a lot but she has been a huge influence on my life um she lived with us for 12 years she passed away in 2016 just a month shy of 97 she in her younger years was very much a writer journalist and also ended up in publicity for paramount pictures she was an associate publicist and i always knew that but my mom also just found the resume that she submitted to paramount pictures for this position and it's so funny because she outlines all of the job descriptions and what she would add to them um the explanation of duties includes latin american division matters which says the handling of requests for material special service photos and other routine and unusual petitions from anywhere in this field study and survey of latin american publications and then there's new york foreign press contact work handling off any and all types of routine matters with foreign press representatives in New York, servicing them with our material, answering their queries, contacting them, and rounding them up for star interviews, and reader interest features, planning and executing of stunts, game, games, original newspaper features. For instance, just one completed is based on the baby pictures of 18 of our biggest names. It's an 18-day contest complete with photos mats directions and build up and contest copy ready for the comparing room layout of the content circular writing of the copy rough sketching of artwork etc and feature service editing and rewriting copy for story services of 
publications and New York Spanish magazine Contact supplying uh, something with timely stuff, photo and copy and periodically packaging it for them with an original twist and direct use. This is all on a typewriter, which is why it's kind of hard to um, read and uh, an old piece of paper like it's yellow. And it goes on with a note about translation work, Spanish press book, advanced campaigns, candid column features, foreign press release, star contact work, miscellaneous, and novelizations. And guess what the salary listed is that she listed? It is $50 or $60 under new contract? Question mark. Um, so that was just crazy. <laughs> I just... Yeah. Mary Butler, Advertising and Publicity, Paramount International. It's just things like this that make life feel a little bit more full circle to me. So I thought that was cool. Anyway, enough about me. This is weird. Like I said, it's so weird to talk to myself. But I just really wanted to tell that story because um, it has been really difficult to picture myself on the other side of this particular goal or accomplishing this particular goal and now that it has been accomplished it's like even weirder to imagine life before I knew that this was going to happen you know like I'm so fascinated by what information is out there that other people know that will affect me that will change something about my life like that's just that's just not on my radar yet that I haven't been told yet that I don't know yet like it's it's really kind of mind-boggling when you think about when you think about it and you think about oh even outside of like the job premise who is thinking about you and you don't know it yet like for example my roommate she just had someone reach out to her um about a project that they want her to work on And this is a person she has not talked to since high school Um, and wasn't even really friends with in high school. And she was blown away by this message. And the message was so lovely. And it was someone who just like recognized her talents and, you know, asked if she was interested in working on this thing. And um, it's, it's, it's just weird to think about the fact like the way that the message was sent it's like clear that it was drafted first like in his notes or something you know like he was thinking about it he was thinking about her and like what she could um you know give to this project and I don't know I find it so strange that 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 there are just people out there thinking about you and you just don't know and with that in mind I have plenty of people that I've thought about for this podcast that have no idea that I want them to be on so that's kind of funny in reverse Um, but when it's a job or when it's something that major that really does change your life, it's, um, it's like really trippy. It, it just is, I don't know. And if I had the information that I have now, even when I started this podcast, like if I could tell myself in July of 2020 that, I would be here at this point. I would ask so many questions about how. And that's what I'm really trying to address in this podcast is like the how. 
because as I mentioned before, so many people talk about what they're doing um, or what they've done, but they don't talk about how they got there or like all the nitty gritty steps in between. And I mean nitty gritty, like even down to like formatting your resume or building your LinkedIn or making your reel if you're an actor or whatever kind of steps that you have to take that people just know but don't necessarily talk about it's really important to highlight those things because I mean even for me I was thinking about the first time I recorded a solo episode and mentioning the fact that like working on my resume in 2020 was debilitating I couldn't do it I couldn't do it without crying because it was just extremely overwhelming and I needed help like I needed help from my friends to um advise me through it because it just wasn't in my wheelhouse at that point um and I needed that how I needed this step by step like really outlined and even in the job I'm in now um I'm so grateful that my team knows that I don't have as much experience in this particular industry because they've been so generous with talking me through the how of certain things or even people that aren't on my team who just um, have similar daily tasks that I do have been very kind about talking me through like the step-by-step nature of things and I can't say that I've seen like a ton of that in the job market like when I was looking I got increasingly frustrated by um what I have kind of decided is this severe lack of buying into potential. There are so many job postings out there that are entry level, but are asking for three to five years experience, which is just crazy. Um, I also don't know why if you have three to five years experience, you would be expected to be entry level. Like that's just not it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. Um, And on top of that, I have felt like a lot of jobs um, are expecting to hire a person that doesn't need to be taught, that doesn't need to to be walked through that step by step. They want like a quick fix. They want someone who can just walk in and do the job and do it better than the person before them and like kind of solve whatever problems have been persisting. And I get that like that that's probably a part of the pandemic, um, the effects of the pandemic, that people just need help and they don't have the time or the resources to teach um, new employees. But I think that that is just, there's such a loss there. You're just losing out on so much good talent, so many hardworking people who want to learn and like have the capacity for learning and like the agility and um, the adaptability that just really need to be given a shot and are just falling by the wayside because of this stupid kind of, I don't know what to call it, curve towards just wanting someone that's like ready to go, someone that's like perfectly packaged and ready. And I get that for certain things. Um, You don't want to just put a manager in place that doesn't know how to handle people. I think that that actually can be the worst idea you could do. Um, But for other entry-level jobs, I don't know. There's just like, just take a chance. 
So that is my job update. Long-winded and um, went on a little bit of a tangent, but that's what's going on with me. So going forward, if I do talk about my job situation, um, it is full-time, which by the way, I never knew, this is going to sound crazy, but I never knew that my friends, I'm just picturing us, 4th of July, Memorial Day weekend at the beach, never in my life knew that they were getting paid on those days. I did not understand that holidays were paid time off. I know it sounds crazy, but I think that just goes to show how new I am to like the corporate world. Um, I was blown away when I figured that out. Like seriously, I'm so used to um, a completely different culture. I don't know. My other roommate and I were actually just talking about this today because we were given the opportunity to do some like random freelance work for New York Fashion Week, which is this week and next. Um, and I, I don't know why I I, I I joked with her that like you can take the girl out of the hustle culture, but you can't take the hustle culture out of the girl. And that's exactly what's happening to me. I um, I said yes to doing a few of those gigs at night, like after my full-time job. Um, just kind of like bottom line, a sheer uh, muscle, what is it? Kind of a mm, a reflex of sorts, like just like this fear of security and stability um, and kind of taking whatever I can get, whatever's presented to me, saying yes which can be healthy, but, um, in the hustle culture, I think it's, uh, it's exhausting. And we were joking about it because she hasn't done a ton of like freelancing in that way or just like gig working or, um, you know, things of that sort. And she was like, Mm, uh, if I kind of understood this before, I probably would have said no. And I was like, Oh yeah, well, it's not a super, it's not super fun. Um, and I was thinking back to how much I hated catering, not because of the work itself, just like having to go to a new location each time. It's like, it takes so much physical and mental energy. It's not like you're going to a job and like, sure, you check in, you, you're present when you're at the job. It's also like, you have to be present figuring out how the heck you're going to get there, where it is. Once you get there, it's like, oh, what nondescript building are we in? Who are the people I'm working with? It's different every time. Like, what is this event? Like, it's all ever changing and it makes it very difficult to like get into a routine. And it's also completely unreliable. Like it's, I think freelance work, gig work is good when, um, you either A, have a platform and you don't need it, but that's just what you're doing because you need a break from like the full-time life or um, if you're doing it supplementally. But like having it as a primary resource, as a primary form of income is so unreliable and so inconsistent, it made me go crazy. So I don't know why I said yes, but I said yes. It's okay. I'm trying to learn that I don't have to say yes. And maybe that will just come with a little bit more time in a stable position. Okay, before I cross a line of making this like 
a audio diary, which is not my goal. I want to bring it back around to my whole purpose here because I can't believe that I'm 30 something episodes deep. Um, It's been over a year and I'm so grateful for everyone who has come on to talk with me and I'm so grateful for everyone who has listened. So I just want to reiterate what's happening. What's going on? What, what, why I did this in the first place. Um, and that answer is this whole concept of like every path is the right path. I was so stressed out about, um, being an artist and going into a unknown kind of lifestyle job market, just understanding like what I was getting myself into. And I, I think like subconsciously, I just wasn't sure whether I was making the right move. Um, but when do you ever really know? I mean, I guess you know when it feels good, but like beforehand, it's like kind of hard to say if it's going to be the way that you expected. Um, and that's why I think it's so interesting to talk to people who have also pivoted or just who have had life experiences happen um, that has drastically changed their path. Like, and practicing some forgiveness for putting those other dreams to rest for a minute if for a minute for a lifetime whatever you think you need like for example I had a friend call me last week because she was accepted into a graduate program and she was really um just a stone's throw away from saying yes but she had this little hesitation and and the program that she got into checked all of her boxes financially, checked her boxes in terms of like the length of time. And she had done her research. She knew she was happy with the alumni network. She was happy with, you know, the job prospects and everything that a person might consider when applying to a grad school program. So the hesitation, however, was that it wasn't the dream school she had envisioned going to. And, um, I think that she knew she was going to say yes to the program that she got into because everything made sense. Like if there was a pro and cons list, I think the one con would be that it wasn't the the dream school she had pictured. And um, I don't want to speak for her, but just what I gathered was like she had a little bit of guilt about um, giving up on this old dream of hers. And we talked about it and I think it helps when you frame it like just with the pandemic, we are now just always working with the information that we have in front of us. There's so much that we don't know about the future and we've been kind of forced into this place where we um, have to deal with the information we have and when new information comes up, then we kind of change course accordingly. But Uh, what you know right now is what you can work with and right now she knew that the answer yes to this program was the right answer and I think it's important to have dreams I think it's important to have aspirations and goals but you know when the information changes when the circumstances change they can change along with that and it doesn't have to be permanent it can be temporary depending on what we're talking about here but I think a lot of people go through that similar guilt sometimes And especially for those of us who pivot. So for me, a lot of the time, it's just been like kind of accepting this new chapter as a chapter, you know, like if you want to move on to the next chapter, you can do that too. But just, or, you know, it doesn't mean that the previous chapter wasn't relevant. Like this is simply a new chapter. 
Um, and what role does that play in the overall book in the, in the grand scheme of things? Um, and how did you do it? How did, how did you go about it? What happened? Why, why, um, what's next? All of those good questions that I love talking about, especially, um, for people who are going through it now or um, are reflecting on it later after the fact. I think it's all really great. And to speak on that, I have never had a five-year plan. Um, my life coach, Ricky, I had her on the podcast early days. I think she was like the third or fourth episode, maybe fifth, but Anyway, um, she came into my life at a really amazing time when I needed her the absolute most uh, and offered to work with me pro bono, which was just like, it was truly like a lifesaver. And she helped me work through a lot of my um, thoughts and hopes and goals in my career and my professional life from 2020 on. And anyway, one of the assignments that she had for me was to write a um, short story, a fictional, sh- fictionalized short story that takes place at my high school reunion. She said five years down the line, and then I realized that that's basically next year. So I set it at 10, which was even too soon. Like, that's like, oddly enough, I can't believe that I'll be 28 at our 10-year high school reunion that just feels wrong and I don't know why I never realized that that was (laughs) the age um watching all those movies and just whatever I digress so I wrote this short story and it was very hard for me because I was having a difficult time imagining my future that didn't that that didn't involve fear like I could only envision things that I was afraid of versus things I was excited for or things I hoped would happen. Um, So I did this exercise and I had a really hard time still um, like writing a future that felt too out of pocket. I don't know why. I just, I don't know if it's, I'm just too much of a realist. Um, I don't think I have that much trouble dreaming for other people, but just for myself, it's just not something that I've ever done long-term, which feels kind of against my natural personality because I do plan for plenty of things very meticulously, but I've never had a five-year plan. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot recently. I started kind of writing a little bit of a compilation work from the past five years um so more on that soon probably but I kind of want to know anyone listening if you have had a five-year plan or if you haven't had a five-year plan and how it's affected your life because um or at least I encourage you to reflect on it because it has really affected the way that I think about myself and I think about my future um and even just going forward with the challenge of trying to envision that it did help like I I think realizing where I might want to be eventually helped me you know reverse and like figure out what steps it would take to get there 
And with that said, I don't know if it would have been healthy for me to do that um, at a younger age. I really don't know. I feel like it can be a little bit toxic if you're a kind of person that is stubborn or, you know, would be unforgiving for not reaching certain uh, milestones when you're quote unquote supposed to. Um, And I'm wondering how this idea of a five-year plan will change now that especially just our world is changing, our job market is changing, our expectations are changing. I, it's just, it feels like it's all up in the air, but I, I definitely feel like it has an effect on the psyche. And I think that there's a definite line between manifesting and like outlining a five-year plan because manifesting is one thing, like that's just coming to terms with what you want to bring into your life rather than things that you're going to go get, I guess. Of course, manifesting requires you to take certain steps, but I don't know. I just see them as different, but that's neither here nor there. If you disagree, let me know. We can chat about it. And I really want to button this whole conversation with two quotes from one of my favorite books, um, Letters to a Young Poet. The first one is from page 24 and the second one is from page 27. So they're not that far off and I think they fit really well together. And say much more eloquently what I often try to address. So um, here we go. There is here no measuring with time. No year matters and 10 years are nothing. Being an artist means not reckoning and counting, but ripening like the tree which does not force its sap and stands confident in the storms of spring without the fear that after there may come no summer. It does come but only to the patient who are there as though eternity lay before them so unconcernedly still and wide. I learn it daily, learn it with pain to which I am grateful. Patience is everything. And the second quote. You are so young, so before all beginning, and I want to beg you as much as I can, dear sir, to be patient towards all that is unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are written in a very foreign tongue. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Highly recommend that book. Um, that really just grounded me really fast. Anyway, this is a long-winded way of saying that um, these are all the topics that I like to talk about. And I am really excited for more conversations. Um with really cool people. I'm just consistently um, in awe of the wonderful people that I have in my life and that I'm I'm surrounded by and have had the privilege to meet. So um, I'm humbled by all of the stories that I get to hear and all the people I get to talk to. And I'm very grateful that all of you have chosen to listen to me today. If you don't already follow the podcast Instagram account, it's at Thoughtful Intentions Podcast. Um, I try to release on Tuesdays. It's not every week, but 
I'm aiming for most weeks, so keep an eye out for more. And once again, thank you so much. This has been Fiona Winch with Thoughtful Intentions.